From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour, and we appreciate that this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, and we're glad to be looking at uh, Moises de Leon, uh, right across the table from us here at the Pastoral Center in downtown Sacramento. Moises, good day to you. Good morning, Bob. Moises is the Associate Director for Family and Respect Life Ministry. It's kind of a, a broad title. Very Barely fits on a business card. <laughs> you know, yeah, it is. It's really broad. Really broad, really broad. Tell us, um, so much happening. What, what, what does all of... Uh, Family and Respect Life Ministry cover? So when it comes to the family, it's everything from uh, baptism uh, all the way to natural death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part it of that... Pretty much it, covers it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is simplified version of it. <laughs> but uh, in, in, as we know, uh, part of uh, different stages of life, there's always uh, something to be concerned about uh, and something that the church teaches about. For example, when it comes to um, education of our children, having the right to choose uh, what curriculum uh, can uh, and should be appropriate for our children and which one isn't. Uh, So the rights of the parents when it comes to educating them, not only on the faith, but also on the uh, academic side as well. Uh, And then when it comes to just the family, uh, enriching the family, providing services uh, in case family uh, feels like they need to have a third person in, uh, mm-hmm. reaching out to uh, to the office for th- uh, therapy or for counselors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some certified through the diocese who are Christian, uh, and they've helped us in the past. Um, in case when it comes to preparing engaged couples mm-hmm. uh, and their sacrament, uh, uh, their journey through this uh, for the sacrament of marriage, uh, guiding them through that process so it doesn't become overwhelming. Uh, and then for those couples who are having trouble connecting them with uh, uh, Retrovi or any other resources in order for them to heal their marriage, if it's possible. Uh, if not, uh, counseling can be another form. But usually Retrovi provides a, a good um, way of approaching a dialogue, mm-hmm. uh, especially if it seems like it's it's um, there's no return. Sometimes mm-hmm. couples who have gone through that retreat have um, saved their marriages, and they're glad they've gone through that um, uh, that weekend. Um, and it, when it comes to respect life, anything from um, conception to natural death, understanding uh, uh, that at conception, life is sacred and protecting that sacred life until it's born. Uh, and afterwards, uh, providing uh, a dignity of life uh, for the child, uh, making sure it's, it's being developed uh, in all aspects, both psychologically, physically, emotionally, spiritually well, and, and, and their uh, stages. And also when it comes to um, natural death, uh, how can we provide services and supports to our families who are grieving? Either it's a loss of a, a child, uh, uh, either an infant, uh, any children. Uh, or even elders providing those services of, of grief, and we have a grief ministry. We have at least three grief ministries in the diocese that are connected uh, uh, with our services here in order to provide the assistance as well. They do a great job too. They do. Yeah, and it, it's you know it's I, I know uh, when when the church is opposed what used to be called assisted suicide, now mm-hmm. it's called uh, death with dignity <laughs> or compassionate yeah. this and that. Um, and and we, we certainly have great compassion for anybody in that situation. 
but w what we oppose, w what we don't oppose, is prolonging, or what we do oppose, it, it, it should be up to the individual. To, uh, we don't say you have to take every heroic means to continue your life if you're, you know, if, if you have a terminal illness, things like that. That that should be up to the the person's uh, own free will, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, but we do oppose is you know taking a prescription to cause death yes. or an injection to cause death, uh, intentional death, um, even if it's just to hasten what is an obvious death that, that's coming um we we feel people should should live out their full life but it doesn't mean they have to do uh, take do experimental surgeries or experimental treatments or anything like that they they certainly are welcome to but um and i think there's there's misconception about that that the, the church just you have to keep a person alive at, at all costs and, you know and, and that's another one that's uh really common and i get calls for is hospice Right. It's hospice uh, approved by the church. Um, and one of the things we have usually talked to the people that do call is it is, um, even if you're going to have it at your home mm -hmm. or not, it, it's it's a way of providing dignity of life. Exactly. Uh, if, they're if, they're being re if they're being taken care of in a dignified way and receiving everything they need, it's, it's, it's one of the best options that we have so far. Yeah, I, I, when, when my uh, mother was in her late stages of her life. She was 92. She had had a stroke. She had lived a full and a very productive life and a very faithful life. And she uh, she wasn't in formal hospice, but she was, it was as if she was, you know, people surrounding her, making her comfortable. Mm -hmm. uh, her friends from St. James and Davis coming and praying the rosary with her every morning and um, those sorts of things. Uh, there were no heroic things to keep her alive, yeah. but they, what these people were doing was heroic, and and she had death with dignity, in, in the truest sense of the word. Yeah, and 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 hospice pro, it, it, in most cases uh, provides that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, but you do. I'm sure you do get asked that question. I do. I do. But because I, I think there's also a misconception about hospice that it's somehow. We're going to put you in hospice. And, and we're going to unplug. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's usually the connection. Is, yeah, I mean, it's it's always a blow to the family when they hear that Uncle Charlie is being put into hospice because it's sort of like, okay, we've, we've, we've sort of crossed a threshold here. Mm -hmm. the, the doctors are pretty much saying there's not much more we can do. Let's, let's make sure you have, you're comfortable for as long as... The Lord gives you, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I mean, I, <laughs> I remember with Bishop Quinn, um, having him on the radio, and him saying, you know, <laughs> he says he jokingly he says, I think people have, because he, he had, he had, I guess he, he wasn't lingering; he was alive longer than than, than everybody expected. thought he yeah. was, <laughs> it was going to be. And he said, he kind of laughed and he said, I'm afraid people have quit praying for me because they don't believe I'm actually dying, you know. <laughs> and and uh, he was, I mean, he had his humor right to the end. Um, but, and, and, I mean, going into hospice doesn't mean you're going to die tomorrow. No, oh, yeah. And, uh, but it does mean uh, that, that people are going to take all means to take care of you and, and mm -hmm. truly give you truly a death um, that is with dignity and respect for, for the life you lived.
Yeah, and one of the things I, I would suggest is um, as as they transition over to reach out uh, and, and seek out a priest for uh, last rites. Mm-hmm. Many many times we kind of push that until the end, right. but it's it's better to receive it earlier than sure. than later. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, you know one of one of the final sacraments of the church, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so but so 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 many of the things you talk about are just so important. I know uh, the grief ministries. I, I know um, my sister, when her husband died suddenly, one of my sisters, um, she didn't even know her parish had a grief ministry. Oh, wow. And she said they just surrounded her, you know, and she was just so comforted by by how the, the, the people at her parish uh, responded to the death of her husband. You know, and and really took her under their wing, uh, which was it was just so so meaningful to her. It really it really helped her heal and helped her accept and etc. That she knew she knew she wasn't in it alone. I mean, she had us, she had her family, but but to know that the, uh, you know we're not all living in the same town. Mm-hmm. That, that people that's in her parish really cared about her. It was it was really important stuff, and that's. A grief ministry is not for everybody. For sure. No, it's not. No, you know, that's that's tough stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, it takes a it takes a certain kind of person to do it. But the, those who do it, uh, in my experience, are just doing wonderful, wonderful work. Yeah, they, they do it well. Yeah, and so it's 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 kind of all the all all of what the church teaches rolled up into one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's a it's a hidden ministry and usually we don't talk about it too much. So that's right. one of the things that we've been trying to do uh, in the past uh, year or so. I know COVID didn't help so much, but we're trying to revive that group and and really connect with cemeteries in order for them to help us support uh, and provide uh, support gatherings. Right. Uh, so for, in order for us to uh, connect, see what they need from us. Uh, I know a lot of uh, those grief ministries were inactive during COVID because mm-hmm. there was no way to have in presence or many of them didn't have access to Zoom. Uh, but now as things are opening up and uh, we're, it seems like we're back in, in our routine providing those services and hopefully they're, um, they're, they're willing to do it. I know COVID took a big hit. Um, uh, morale was down and hopefully uh, we can get them active again and uh, and helping our our fellow uh, uh, faithful at the parishes. Yeah, it's, it's one of one of the questions I was going to ask you is how has has is COVID finally in the rearview mirror, or is it is it uh, you're not a doctor, but but it just in terms <laughs> of, of how it affects ministry wise, ministry yeah. and, and that sort of thing. I mean, we've we've seen major corporations shut down and not come back. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen many many small businesses shut down and not come back. Um, and we've seen uh, a, a mental health crisis in this country. Yes, we have, um, especially among among young people. Um, and and I know when when you when you have to, the church never shut down a ministry, but they they went to went to Zoom and and all all kinds of creative ways to to yeah. minister. I kind of see it more as we slow down a little bit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in order for us to catch up and right. see exactly what's going on and that way we can start uh, and, and pick ourselves up. Um, in that sense, uh, our ministries kind of slowed down just uh, uh, quite a bit. Zoom helped a lot to mm-hmm. still connect mm-hmm. and see where uh, each person was in each parish. 
and see where the progress were or what, what obstacles they had. Um, and many times it was easier for them to just make a call and do like a little conference call uh, um, among the leaders. Uh, but right now we're, it seems like we're fully open. Uh, when it comes to the family ministries, everything's open. I know, uh, world marriage, uh, and, and, and marriage encounter are doing their retreats back in person now, uh, both English and Spanish. Uh, when it comes to the respect life where we're having retreats in person, uh, especially when it comes to the Rachel's Vineyard, uh, our English retreat, uh, just happened in November. Right. Uh, and we're going to have another one coming up in, uh, I believe it should be April and May again in English. Um, so that's something that we're, we're back on. Back um, teams are comfortable coming back together in person. So most of my uh, support gatherings I've been having uh, has been both hybrid. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I just do Zoom because it's it's convenient rather than uh, connecting someone from someone from, from Vallejo all the way to Reading rather than them coming together. Zoom, it's convenient to just connect mm -hmm. virtually. Uh, but we've been doing uh, a lot of uh, events uh, in person now, mm -hmm. providing uh, the option of virtual for those who want to see it. But uh, we've been pushing for in-person activities. Moises, you mentioned uh, you know marriage prep, for want of a better term. Mm -hmm. How what what are, what are the church's requirements for somebody to get married in the church? Of course, we want people to get married in the church. Yes. What, are, what are the church's requirements? So some of the requirements it's broken up in, in three phases. So one of the phases is couples should do a premarital inventory we have either focus uh engaged um uh, fully engaged or uh, uh prepare and enrich so these uh inventories or questionnaires allow the couple to understand where they're coming from both spiritually financially um their concept of what marriage is uh, and then there's usually a facilitator that has a conversation on things that they don't agree or didn't agree on the questions that they, they've answered. Uh, so part of that is to understand exactly where they're at and bringing that into the marriage prep program. Uh, usually it's a six to eight hour requirement. They could do it virtually, or if the parish has something established, they usually have um, a, on a weekend, couple hour sessions for up to six months, depending on the parish. And then the third concept that we really wanna emphasize is the human sexuality through natural family planning, offering them uh, at least an intro course to one of the methods that we provide. And here in the diocese, we have up to five different methods that we, we can provide and connect to instruct with, with instructors. Um, and that's usually in, entails the formation aspect. Mm -hmm. When it comes to the paperwork requirement, it's making sure if you're Catholic, having all your sacraments um, from baptism, hopefully first communion, uh, confirmation is not required, but if you want to, you can get that uh, done before you get married, mm -hmm. uh, but it's not required. And if you're marrying someone who's not in the faith, making sure the paperwork for a dispensation is uh, submitted, everything has to be done through the parish that you're going to uh they're going to get married in. It could be within our diocese or uh, outside the diocese. But if it's outside the diocese, it has to just go through our tribunal in order for them to approve the package. And they usually mail it out uh, right away to, mm -hmm. to whichever location they're going right. to get married to. Uh, but we ask couples to actually take at least minimum six months because in case things do come up, uh, in their paperwork, uh, they, that way they could address it on time rather than rushing it uh, at the last minute. 
And for those who have been civilly divorced, we do have the tribunal that that can evaluate and if uh, found to be valid, uh, not the marriage, but uh, mm-hmm. the marriage actually to be invalid, they can issue an annulment. Yes, and and that's one of the things that uh, the tribunal pushes a lot. Usually parishes should have a uh, uh, marriage advocate mm-hmm. uh, that handles those cases. Uh, and if they don't, they could just call my office and I could connect uh, to one of them. But in case they, they feel they have a valid case, it's, it's 100% that they should submit a, um, uh, or they should file for a dispensation, not dispensation, um, an annulment, sorry. Yeah, an annulment for their marriage. And and if they want to remarry and they have the possibility, um, it's in their right to do so. Right, right, very good. It's, it's, the church uh, encompasses all parts of our Mm -hmm. life, you know, uh, as it should. You know, it's, it's, uh, uh, so we have, World Marriage Day. Coming yes. Up. Uh, I know it's a little bit, f- it seems just around the corner. So it's I always be think of it as February. Is it, it February is. again? Yeah. yeah. Right uh, around Valentine's Day? A day before <laughs> Valentine's this year. So we have it on Saturday, February 11th uh, from 9.30 a.m. with Mass with Bishop Soto. And it's going to be located at, uh, this time it's going to be held at uh, Good Shepherd uh, in Elk Grove. Very good. And one of the things we're trying to do is have people register. Uh, that way we could have their certificates. We're doing certificates from 10 years, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, and then 50 plus. Um, I know it seems a lot of milestone uh, anniversaries, but uh, we have a lot of couples out there. I know last year we had almost 150 oh registered. Uh, people that arrived for Mass uh, on the actual day was 120. Mass was packed. Uh, I think it was the fullest Mass I've ever seen. Uh, and uh, fortunately, we had a, a big church to, uh, to yeah. host it. Where did uh, you have it? Uh, we had it previously at St. Lawrence. Okay. Um, yeah. And there was no room. Uh, in my recollection, there was no room. People were even sitting in, in the mm-hmm. in the uh, crybaby room as right. well because right. uh, it was just so packed. Um, so we're excited to host it at a Good Shepherd uh, this year. They, they had to open the doors for us, and um, we're hoping to uh, to expand a little bit more on the event. Uh, in the past, it's been usually mass, reception, photo with bishop. Uh, this year, we're, we're trying to have a, a, at least a little... Um, uh, uh, talk or, or a motivational um, uh, speaker to come in afterwards and motivate our couples. Uh, and if there's any single uh, people that attend uh, because of their, your family, uh, in order for them to encourage and, and discern mm-hmm. the vocation of marriage as, as a possibility as well. No, that's good. That's good. I, I think, uh, yeah, I think it would be a great thing for for chil- children or young adults uh, uh, to uh, come uh, even if it's grandma and grandpa, they're mm-hmm. renewing their vows. It's, 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 I know, I know my own parents, um, who were married for, you know, ar- around 50 years. My dad died when he was 76 years old. So they, weren't, oh, wow. they weren't married as long as, ma- as some couples uh, get, but they were an inspiration to, to my kids and, and to their grandkids uh, as, as to what a marriage, a good, good marriage was, you know, and, uh, they, they recognized that. I mean, they, they, uh, that they were, uh, they were family, 
Yeah. You know, and they were, <laughs> I think it's it's hard sometimes for little kids to recognize that these people were parents once to, mm-hmm. you know, but but just as just that notion and, and to see uh, couples after couples and how long they've been married and, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. You, you pick these milestones with on the fives and the zeros. You yes. Know? Um, <laughs> some people think one is a milestone. Other people, enough. you, you know, um, but uh, um, I think one year you had a couple that would, had been married 73 years. We had um, I think it was four years ago, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know we've in the past maybe five years, we've had the same couple hold. Uh, that record, um, which is amazing. Uh, uh, I think he actually lived during uh, the Second World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that we still have uh, uh, people in that generation well, that give that testimony, in, uh, it's it's amazing. 1945, so 77 years ago yes. it ended. And, uh, uh, yeah, you you. It had to get married probably when you're 18, roughly, or something like that. I think I, well, you know, it yeah. was it wasn't it was I won't say it was common, but it wasn't uncommon for someone to get, to get their orders to go overseas to fight in that war to get earlier, married, yeah, to get married, yeah, yeah. So uh, my my dad fought in World War II and was was married when he got shipped out, but he 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 had, he had been he, he got he was leaving the army. <laughs> And on December seventh, nineteen forty-one, was on his honeymoon with my mom, and uh, that's when Pearl Harbor was attacked. Oh yeah, he had true. served five years already. He had been ROTC in college, and he looked at my mom and said, "I'm going back in," and and he got shipped out. And th- this is a, a common story. He got shipped out on Christmas Eve. Oh wow! On a boat, you know, for Europe. For the war. Oh, and so he went to the to the Europe the army, yeah. side. And he, uh, mom was, had a one-year-old and was pregnant with another one on Christmas Eve. And there goes her husband off to the Great War. And communications, you know, he wasn't going to text her. No, yeah. Hey, uh, I was, here, you know. Oh, no, uh, letters would take months you know, sometimes. I mean, by the time <laughs> you got a letter from the front lines, your spouse might have already Mm-hmm. Died, you know. It's it's uh, it. I, I think of what we sometimes consider hardships or irritations these days, and I go, "Wow, there were a lot of brave people back then." Yes, they were. Yeah, uh, and the fact that the uh, communication was uh, limited, it, it just didn't help. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So World Marriage Day, how do people sign up? So they could uh, go on on our website, which is uh, org slash WMD, which stands for World Marriage Day. Uh, and there's a link to register. We just asked to, for couples who want to get a certificate, make sure your name's spelled correctly. <laughs> uh, put on your, uh, we have two options. We have a milestone, and then we have the actual year. So whichever one you feel comfortable putting in, um, that's what's going to be on your certificate as well. And we asked that if you're attending in person, you can invite your families. Uh-huh. Uh, I know last year we had some people coming from Chico and Reading. They stayed a night before. They, they brought in all their family. Uh, make sure that on that same day that, that you do get your certificate. We're going to try to push because sometimes they take a picture with Bishop and they forget the certificates are there to pick up that day. Uh, so we're trying to have people register ahead of time as soon as, as they can. 
Uh, we're going to try to close the, the registration a couple days prior just to make sure we have all the certificates ready for that day. And do, you, do you want them to let you know how many guests they're bringing? Just yes. So, so part of the registration, uh, there's going to be a questionnaire of how many people are attending. If you could just put uh, a number, 5, 10, or even 20. Uh, that way it gives us a head count of uh, uh, how many um, how many seats we need to put out and uh, how many people to expect in for Mass as well. Yeah. You don't want to run out of stuffed mushrooms. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or cake. Or cake. <laughs> yeah, there, and you do have cake, don't yes, you? Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, is it a wedding cake? Does it look like um, a wedding cake? Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, I know last year I provided uh, vanilla and chocolate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they even the frosting was uh, uh, brown and white. Yeah. Uh, oh, but wow. I, I usually try for them to put World Marriage Day on it and do like a little heart on it as yeah. well. So. Yeah, that's great. That's wonderful stuff. So what else is on your plate? Uh, for the following year, we have um, on January 20th, we have the Respect Life Mass with Bishop Soto. Right, uh, uh, always preceding uh, Roe v. Wade, the anniversary of Roe v. Wade. Which we we know that it got overturned, so we're going to just keep it as a uh, our annual uh, pro-life mass, mm-hmm. uh, especially because of uh, the passing of uh, Proposition 1. Uh, we're still fighting internally in our yeah, state. I mean, abortion has not disappeared. Uh, no. With the overturning of Roe Wade, it's been kicked back to the states, and uh, um, it's it's in a state of flux in a number of states, mm-hmm. and and other states like California have actually gone uh, the other way, if you will, all the way to the extreme. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's that's one of the things that we're trying to push. And I know this year we're still going to have the Walk for Life on. Uh, January 21st, which is usually the third Saturday. Uh, and part of the January events leading up to the Walk for Life, we're, we're going to do our second annual um, pro-life novena mm-hmm. with uh, with our Eucharist. Uh, and it's a good way to, to have some time with the Blessed Sacrament, but also as we enter the second year of the Eucharistic revival. So that's, that's the connection we wanted to do is uh, provide a, a, an opportunity. Uh, we're going to be starting January I believe should be on Wednesday, the uh, the eleventh, uh, all the way to the twentieth. Uh, we'll be having uh, one parish host uh, the uh, Eucharistic adoration, um, and each parish will w- will be receiving a prayer packet of books or novena books so that people can pray the novena. Uh, we'll try to have a pro life novena uh, there for them as well. Uh, and we'll probably have those information too on our website, so they could just download the novena if they want to have a copy. Very good. And novena, of course, by definition, is nine days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It always looks like eight days. It's like yes, fourteenth <laughs> to the twenty second or something. But you got to count every day. Yeah, that's a you know. There's there's uh, um, the efforts continue to uh, to have a society that that respects life and. Uh, um, and uh, the, the thing that I, uh, that I like about what the church does is uh, no matter where the legislation is, one way or the other, the church's work is to help people to, in need, uh, to, to take away the, the, the reasons why they might have an abortion, to, to help them. Uh, so many people feel alone or they feel financially that this is a burden uh, all these things, but primarily, I think they feel alone in that decision, mm-hmm. or they feel pressured into that decision. 
and and to 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 know that there's a support network out there and it's we don't keep it a secret but a lot of people still don't know about it you know yes. whether it's the Sacramento Life Center the Gabriel Project the the maternity homes all all, all the different uh, the St. Vincent de Paul the Knights everybody uh does a role there does a part there to uh to help uh people in in need and and uh, there there is great even as abortion remains extremely legal if you want to say that in California uh, their efforts have saved many, many lives, uh, and there there is great fruit from their labor. And that's that's one of the things that um, uh, we're we're trying to push again is have that network, uh, especially because um, as Prop One was being pushed uh, previously, we had a uh, uh, the CCC there's a Catholic conference came out with an initiative called "We Were Born Ready," right? And part of that they provided a hotline statewide. Uh, that would connect mothers with resources, organizations. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it, it's 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 brilliant in its simplicity. It is, you know, and, and you wonder why, uh, in a million different aspects of life, why we haven't done that. I mean, uh, uh, state and federal government could learn, and local government <laughs> could learn a lot from they that. Can. Like, hey, here's one number, and we've got really well trained people there. You what you 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 didn't pay your taxes or. <laughs> Something happened here, you know, where it's just, and they go, oh, well, you need to talk to these people. You need mm-hmm. to talk. Instead of people, I mean, I think red tape just stops so many people. It does. So that's one of the things that um, it, it's hard to understand sometimes the protocols of bureaucracy that exist. But if we just have one number that connects everything yeah. to anywhere. So, uh, I mean, that's you, fabulous. you could be in Orange County and still call the number and you'll get connected to yep. someone yep. Uh, or be here in Sacramento and be connected. So that's a, it's a fabulous number. They've they've done the infrastructure perfectly well to the point that it's it makes our jobs easier. Yeah, uh, we do get referrals through the Gabriel project. Uh, it makes it easier just to connect people or even uh, provide that hot number as, yeah. a, as, a, as an option to as well. Well, that's just that's just so good. It, and and again, frequently you don't know. You know, you, I've talked to people. That, you know, do forty days for life or mm-hmm. people at Sacramento Life Center, uh, probably Life Center, because because they, they do a lot of face to face. They probably do have a sense of when the the person is going to choose life. Uh, but people, forty days for life. You know, they, they, every now and then they do. Somebody will stop and say, "Hey, you changed my mind." But for the most part, they don't know. Yeah, it, it's hard to tell. And they don't even know what effect they might have had on somebody that's just driving by. Mm-hmm. You know, and doesn't stop and say thank you. Doesn't stop and say, "Hey, you changed my mind." Um, but I know, I know, if I were ever in that situation. And I saw a group of people out in front of an abortion clinic pl- praying the rosary. It would stop me in my tracks. Mm-hmm. It would. It would. It would make me stop and go. I can't do this. Or even just not to not to enter the parking lot. Yeah, exactly. That's if, if, exactly. if the prayer can just postpone someone not to enter that location, that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. And and maybe two days later something happens mm-hmm. and they go, Wow, I can't believe I almost did that. Yeah. And. And the really interesting thing is, is once that baby's born, not there's not a parent in the world that doesn't say, "Wow, I, I can't believe I actually thought about aborting this kid." Yeah, yeah. 
That's 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 usually most of the testimonies so far. Uh, the mothers that have chosen, or e- even sometimes they go to Planned Parenthood because they provide services. Yeah. Uh, and even though they they they're not going in for an abortion, but when they find out right. that uh, they're pregnant, usually uh, what most of the people I've talked to, or at least one that's mentioned in the past, is. Uh, they just go in for they would just want an exam, right? Right. Uh, and they know that Sacramento Life Center provides it for free, and even instantly, you don't have to set up an appointment. Yeah. And they get set up with a doctor. They get set up with with insurance. Mm-hmm. They get it's a one stop shop, and it's free. And it's free. <laughs> it's free. No, but you and you don't have to fill out a form saying uh, here's my income, here are yeah. my taxes, here nothing. Do I qualify for reduced? Re- it's free. You could be a billionaire, and it's free. They mm-hmm. don't have a cash register there. Yeah. They don't have a credit card reader. They don't have anything. It's free. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It, it really is amazing. And and, and and they don't accept any federal or state money. Mm-hmm. They don't even they don't even write grants for, for federal or state money. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, it's they they don't want any of the strings that might come attached to that. Oh yeah. And they deal with Everyone, you don't have to be Catholic, you don't have to be a believer, you don't have to be a citizen. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, they, they, they really treat they, they everybody be like God's children. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Moises, always a, always a joy to talk to you. Oh, thank you, Bob. God's blessings to you and your family as we go into this. I, I don't say the holiday season <laughs> into the Christmas season. Christmas season. I, yes. I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not hostile about it. When somebody says Happy Holidays, I'm I'm fine with it. I'm not like, you know. But but uh, um, it is it is the Christmas season coming up. It is. And, it is. And it's it's very special. I'm so. hoping it snows. Yes. At least yeah. one day. One day of snow. That will be a special Moises, day. That's your that's your Christmas present. We yes. will we will pray for snow. <laughs> Good luck with that. No, thank you, Bob. <laughs> Thanks, Moises. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, 
individual spiritual direction and a variety of other programs for information on all the programs that they offer including residential programs give them a call they're at 916-725-4720 or you can visit them at 6520 van Maren lane in citrus heights and we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. This is Lori Power, Associate Superintendent with the Catholic School Department. You are listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thank you, Lori, and thanks for all that great work you do in our Catholic Schools Department. Uh, we uh, are now joined by phone by uh, Marie Leatherby, the Executive Director of the Sacramental Life Center. Marie, good day to you. Good day to you, Bob. Good, day, good to hear your voice again. The, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. You know, I was uh, looking through uh, uh, the record book of uh, UC Davis football, and I tripped across the name of somebody you know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he's in that little Hall of Fame down there. Yes, he? yeah. You know, that, those are fun, fun days. Yes. Being yeah. part of UC Davis family. It was yeah. a great time. Well, he was he's uh, was a very memorable player, that's for sure. Yeah. Yep. Indeed, he's doing yeah. good now. Yeah, that's great. That's that's great. So what's happening at the Life Center now that, uh, you know, the gala is over? I'm sure you put your feet up, you close the doors, <laughs> and you just say, okay. <laughs> I know. I wish. I wish I had a day or two to do that. It's now like... <laughs> You know, get budgets for next year, and you know all the all the stuff that has to be done. You know, evals, and oh my gosh! So it's just end of the year stuff. Well, but, I think next year you're going to have to move it to Golden One or something. You know, you you know. at a point yeah. where I mean, it's got to be heartbreaking to t- to tell somebody, "I'm sorry, we don't have room." It was really sad at the end. We had some. You know, new churches that hadn't participated wanted to get tables, and I just thought, I don't know if it was for our 50th or because, you know, what's going on and all the political climate, but we had so many new people mm. want to be part of it, and it was, so it's really exciting. And uh, we've done a lot of outreach this year after COVID, trying to, you know, let people know we're here and what we do, so... It's all paying off. So you're right. Golden one, here we come. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it, it is it is interesting how uh, uh, you know. I know Bishop Geiger's maternity home had to had to change their venue. Um, yes. You know, yeah. as as much as they loved where they were and and everything yeah. was great there, that just it, it they outgrew the room. You know? Yeah. And uh, it's so exciting to keep growing, and it's so exciting that you know the community cares so much to help women in these situations. It's just such a blessing. And, um, yeah, and I think more people are finding out that uh, the work we do, Bishop Gagos and us at Sacramento Life Center, and and uh, just feel there's a real need. You know, the government's not um, doing much to help women have their children, although we know they're doing more to help them end their pregnancy. So it's, it's the private giver that really, you know, are helping women with, with all the needs to have children and parents and, and get through. Yeah, I mean, and thank, thank goodness we, we live in a, in a free and open society where even though uh, 
the, the, the law might be different than we appreciate, you're, mm -hmm. n nobody's banning you from doing your work. Um, uh, you know, you're, you're allowed to do that as well, you know. And, yeah, and, I know. And, and, and a, a lot of places, either or, both ways, you know, be, there's, there's our, my way or that's it, you know. And um, it's, very, it's very good that even here in California, your work goes on and yeah. the fruit of your labor is is out there. I mean, we we there, there's more and more and more stories uh, about people who have chosen life. Yes, we had a couple great stories at, at our gala. Um, families that participated. One uh, nine children during the pandemic, their citizenship was not done, so they qualified for nothing. They mm -hmm. both worked at restaurants that lost their jobs, on visas, and these kids, I mean, food bank at that time, if you remember, early pandemic was running out of food, right. there just wasn't enough for people, and this gal, she had eight children, was pregnant with the ninth when they came to us, and these kids hadn't even had, you know, fresh milk or meat or, mm -hmm. or anything, they'd been living off a few cans for months, this family, and you know, it was really powerful that uh, we we could help them with so many different aspects to to pull them through and get them a grant and get them food and clothing and baby things. And so they were at the dinner, and I think it was a powerful moment to see this wonderful family um, get up there and thank everybody for pulling through a really hard time. Yeah, and, and that's the, 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 the beauty of the, of the Life Center and of so many other groups, you know, the, the, the Gabriel Project and the, the, the Maternity Homes and uh, 40 Days for Life and just on and on and on, St. Vincent mm -hmm. de Paul, is that, that you can network. You can say, well, we, yeah. we, don't, we don't specifically provide this service, uh, Sacramento Food Bank, uh, another one, you know, Loaves and right. Fishes, but... But uh, are you aware of the Sacramento Food Bank uh, well, and, and all the distribution centers that they have, over 200 of them in the county? Uh, are you aware of St. Vincent de Paul? Sometimes they can help you with, with this right. or that. You know? And because, because as, as you know, you see it every day, um, it's, it's usually a multifaceted thing. It's, it you, know, you can only, you've only got 10 fingers to plug all the holes and then something else leaks, you know, and... Uh, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's usually not just one thing. It's a whole bunch of things. And, um, yeah. your kids might need to see the doctor, you know, you're, they might need right. to see the dentist. They might need a, any one of a number of things and you can at least refer them. Uh, refer that them. Way. Yeah. 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 And everybody's trying to fill needs and, and does fill, you know, yeah, St. Vincent de Paul, they'll help with rent, you mm -hmm. know, they'll help with furniture. And I mean, we just, there's so many good people out there working to, to help the poor through, through hard times. And it's very rewarding. Very rewarding. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, every time I walk through the St. Vincent de Paul store, which is a couple of my daughters, that's their, that's their, <laughs> they don't want to go out to lunch. They don't want to go to Disneyland. They want to go to the St. Vincent de Paul store. You know, yeah. <laughs> they, they just, they love shopping there. And, and, and you just think of not only all the, the great bargains they're getting, but that, that, that money is going directly to help somebody. 
yes, it is fun. I love how the kids now love the thrift stores. Oh yeah, it's be, thrifting has just become such a big deal. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's it's fabulous. They're, my, my kids were telling me about something they called the bins, the like B I N S, like a bin, and oh right, and I knew nothing about it. They say that this is the stuff that I guess I guess most whether it's Goodwill or or you know the St. Vincent de Paul or whatever, but but I think this is Goodwill where they have this stuff that maybe has been on the rack too long. And, oh right, and, yes. they, and they need to keep clearing stuff out, and so they they send it off to like uh, their warehouse or something, and there's literally in bins, and and they charge by the pound. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> it's like a, a dollar a pound or something. Well, you know, you can get a, a lot of clothing if they're charging a dollar a pound. Yeah, and oh, and the, awesome. the teenagers, they just they uh, Saturday morning they all <laughs> they're all going to the bins. To look at it, and then they'll come home just so proud, you know, yeah. like like the cat that caught the canary or something. You know, it's, it's like it's, it's a great thing. I mean, when my kids were young, it was the opposite. They had to have all the name brands. They had to have all. Yeah, the oh things. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I love this generation. My grandkids, I can, yeah, take them to a thrift store and they leave. Please just punch. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like. Where'd you get that Stanford sweatshirt? Oh, I got it at the bins. Uh, it was, it weighed half a pound. It cost me fifty cents. And you're like, really? <laughs> and yeah. yeah, it's a point of pride now. It's a. It's a it is. But but can. that's the kind of things that uh, most people don't know about. You know. Right. And, and yeah. It, it's uh, the the kind of thing that really really can make a difference in people's lives. Especially, yeah, like you said, they know they're helping somebody. You know, the homily today, Father gave the morning mass was, to be truly happy, you have to be helping other people all the yeah. time. Yep. There's just no other way to be happy. And, you know, I've, I, I, I remember talking to a, a psychiatrist friend of mine one time, and, and he said, he said, if people, when they're feeling down, <laughs> would just find somebody to help, he said, "That's that's the best medicine there is." Yeah, you know? yeah, it it, it it and it gives you, you know, it lifts your soul, your spirit. It gives you a sense of self worth, and yep. it does. So, and that's what we're all about. So, I I love my work. I think I was made for <laughs> helping these women that come in here. It's been a great ride. Yeah. yeah so so. I know I've asked this question before, but I know we get new listeners every day. So th- there have to be a number of cases that you get, a number of people who come in. That it's, it's you know, it, it, for, for those of us on the outside, it's, oh, this seems like an easy decision. It's not an easy decision. And no. they, they, that must, uh, you know, and some of them you don't, you don't win, or I don't know. Win's not the right word, but you know, the, they right, yeah, they don't it, go to term, and they don't, one. and yeah. that has to be really hard because every, you know, as much as you know, you've you've quote unquote seen it all. You haven't. Everybody's story is unique. It's true. Everybody's different. Yeah. Everybody's situation is different. Their circumstances mm-hmm. are different, and and they're they're. Their their physical and mental, uh, 
you know, uptake. It's, it's everybody's different. You know, uh, one person uh, likes likes vanilla ice cream. Another person doesn't, doesn't like ice cream at all. You know, it's like, and, and right. so one size isn't going to fit all when you're trying to help somebody. It's true. It, you know, the staff has to be really trained to adapt to to people's needs and what's there and what's, you know. We do get those that are very happy to find out they're pregnant, mm-hmm. but we do get those where there's tears and wailing and it's not a happy, you know, and um, we just, we do our best to work with those, those people and uh, love on them and oftentimes, you know, they come to to uh, be happy in the end. So we do, we do like that. And it is hard on our staff when um, somebody, um, you know, they've worked hard to help someone with every problem they can help and know that we're here for them and they, they still choose to terminate their pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And um, I know our sonographer right now that does all the ultrasounds, she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And she, it's very hard on her when somebody, um, sure. she tries, yeah, but you know, we let them know we love them. We're here for them, and uh, please come back if they need something. If, if they are dead set on that choice, and um, but we do occasionally they'll leave when we think it's done, and they'll call and something that they felt or heard or, or you know here resonated, and they'll say, "I changed my mind." So mm-hmm. those are really good calls. We get yeah. those. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now that you're you're in your new building, I don't even know if it's a new if I can say new building anymore, but uh, uh, certainly relatively new building. Uh, yeah. Perhaps. How many more people can you see? Uh, have you been able to expand your services? Yeah, we've added a lot of services. Expanded our medical services and our our parenting classes. We have a bigger baby needs center. Um, yeah, you know, now we're we're doing the scholarship program, the benevolent, and we still have capacity to see more people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have several um, consultation rooms and exam rooms. So, you know, we, we bought this building with the uh, idea that we could stay here 10 years and just keep growing and double or tri- triple our capacity. So, um, yep, and... and we're doing that. You know, we've hired more medical people. We have a bigger team than we used to have, and are just busier. Busier. We partner with more organizations, um, uh, you know, for healthcare and all that. So I think we've grown a lot. We do the well women exams and STD testing, and our medical um, services have expanded a lot. We do some prenatal care. Mm-hmm. We do the abortion pill reversal, which we had one this last week, um, women that changed their mind after taking the first um, you know, pill in a series of pills to end their pregnancy. Right. So, right. We, so we've done a lot of new things in that way, too. And then just our, our after care, you know, the parenting, Classes, they can come back anytime for supplies for two years. So all that's grown. We're just busy. We have lots of people coming and going all the time. So it's, it's a fun place to be. 
Marie, I know you have the, the baby baskets coming up. Yes. Tell yeah, us about so, that. Yeah, so we do that in December, and that uh, helps fill our baby needs center for the year um, with all the things moms need to uh, have, you know, bring that baby home from the hospital and all the things that baby will need as far as materially to um, be cared for properly. And, you know, diapers and formula and blankets and clothes and, and um, all those those things that a baby will need. We, for $50, we give a mom, we call it a baby shower in a basket with mm-hmm. all those starting essentials, you know, even um, um, pacifiers and bottles, you know, bibs, whatever, whatever we think moms will need. But those cost money, and, and although we do have a lot of churches that give to the center, we, we do need uh, to supplement those often uh, when we run low on things, baby shampoos and all those. So for $50, a mom can get all that. We can um, provide that basket, and for every other $50, they can come back every month and fill up again on supplies. But um, we ask people during Christmas to consider giving 50 or more and sponsoring a basket for mm-hmm. babies throughout the year. Um, and uh, it's, it's a worthwhile thing um, to do at Christmas time. We call it Beat Baby's First Santa. So mm-hmm. you really are. It's <laughs> the first gift that a baby's going to get when they're born. Oh, that's so, great. Uh, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So how does that work? How, do you, how, how can people participate? Well, they can uh, go online, sacklife.org, and on our donation page, there's a link there to the Baby Basket Drive. They can give as much as they want. Um, They can, you know, of course, mail a check. Um, uh, They can drop by supplies if they'd like, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, They can hold a shower. I know a church is doing one next week I'm going to speak at. And they said, what do you need? I said, right now we need some new clothes. We're running Mm -hmm. out of clothes and and so um they can do that as well just to help us uh, fill that baby needs closet for for the year very good well marie always always a joy to talk with you thanks for all the great work you do and uh uh, as we move into the christmas season uh, god's blessings to you and your family and all the people you see every day yeah, Merry Christmas. God yeah. bless. God bless you, right. too. Thanks so much. That's Marie Leatherby, the executive director of the Sacramento Life Center. And uh, they, their gala, the first Saturday of uh, November, the 5th of November, was just a roaring success uh, to the point where they actually had to turn away some people. And uh, I know that was really, really difficult for them. But who knows? They may they may have to find a new venue. That's all Oh. Good news. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening. God bless everyone. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, enriching lives in the Sacramento region through Sisters of Mercy Ministries in health care, education, housing, and the care for the poor and elderly. For the Mercy Foundation, philanthropy is one of the most powerful expressions of compassion and love. Just as many people in our community need a hand, countless others are reaching out to them with comfort and hope. You can express your care and concern for the less fortunate with a gift to the Mercy Foundation. Uh, You can give them a call, 916-851-2000.
2700. That's 916-851-2700. And you can be confident that fully 100% of your contribution will support the Sisters of of Mercy Ministry or ministries that you choose. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, They continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. They're, they're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights. Give them a call, 916-338-7272. We also receive a generous underwriting support by Crumley & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of AmeriPrize Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement, Crumley & Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley & Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916-638-4600. That's 916-638-4600. Four six zero zero, and we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, long-standing support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates. <laughs> 